Uh, Sadie, what's what's the next episode? It is season one, episode ten, in which parental divorce becomes an astrally projecting nightmare coma boy. <laughs> Wait, an astrally projecting nightmare coma boy? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that reminds me, uh, another possible semi-regular, uh, you know, bit is uh, looking at the translations of the yes the titles. So, I mean, this, this one was actually surprisingly... This was a very homogenous selection. Nearly every language, it was um, nightmare, nightmare, mm-hmm. nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Apart from in... I think in, in German, it was The Power of Dreams. Oh. And um, in French, it was just Billy... What's that mean? Oh, the boy's name. The astrally projecting coma boy. Oh, is so. that because? Oh man, I'm like casting my mind back to high school French, and I have like a half memory of there not being a word for nightmare in French. Did I make that up? Oh, I mean, you could tell me that. I I have no idea French. I I can't oh, speak it. Or it's like a half memory, but there must be a like, even if you just call it like bad dream or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, presumably. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm not gonna stand by that as a fact. <laughs> Sorry, there was a fly. Um, uh, I just thought you were like really excited about. It. <laughs> no, uh, we can look into that. We could definitely look into that. Um, but yeah, this is uh, 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 so. This is a very, I guess, like kind of quite a, a Freudian or mm. Jungian or I mean, basically, it's about dreams. As I'm saying, it's about dreams. <laughs> It's about dreams and therefore it's related to all of the people who've written about dreams. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so what's your what's your first note? Um so we start off with Buffy having a dream, having a nightmare, some would say. Mm-hmm. A bad dream about the master. Mm-hmm. And Joyce wakes her up and tells her that her dad is coming at the weekend. So I guess that kind of really sets us up for the episode for like Buffy's fears and dreams and nightmares and yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, no, no, no I I, pick, I was going to say something clever, but I picked up on the divorce thing, uh, like divorce in like '90s TV shows. Mm. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it gets talked about that way in TV shows today. Like, mm. like I, I, I don't know, like. I also kind of feel like maybe, like, I don't know if you ask your friends at school about the relationship between their both of their parents. Like, that felt like, so, like, you know, Buffy goes into school the next day and then Willow's just like, so, like, how are things with your mom and dad? And da 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 da. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I had a few friends whose parents were divorced in school. And, like, I definitely didn't feel like I should ask them, like, how that was because, you know, like, your family situation is very. It's very mm-hmm. private or something. Do you know, like, you don't know what someone's home trauma is. Like, it's not that, I'm not asking out of not caring, but it's it's not asking because you're like, you know what, you don't really know what you're opening up there. And mm. and if they want to tell you, they probably will. I, I don't know. Maybe, that, also, maybe that's like a repressed Irish thing. <laughs> I was going to say, like, divorce was barely legal when you were growing up. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. So divorce, divorce was legal... I'm going to have to look this up because I don't want to say the wrong year. And um... I feel like it was the 90s. That oh, no, it was, def- it was definitely the 90s. But the thing is, they asked us once 
and um, we said no. Uh, so then they had to ask us again, and I'm pretty sure it was because like Europe was a bit like guys, you you can't be in our club if you don't have divorce. All the cool kids have divorce. <laughs> um, but there was I think there I think there was two referendums, um, or there was like some stage where people rejected it, and and one of the ways that it got like rejected, like part of the sort of propaganda against it, was. Um, they had this like uh, billboards and, and advertisements um, which had like a little girl. I don't know, like maybe she was like holding a teddy or something. I can only vaguely remember this. I was really, really young, but I remember, mm. I remember it, right? And um, maybe like a, a man walking out the door and the tagline said, hello, divorce, goodbye, daddy. <laughs> So, oh, so yeah. Ireland! So it was 96 it was ratified. Or, yeah, so, it, was, it was ratified. We, had, we, had, we, we approved it in 95, and I think that might have been the second referendum we had. I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just, like, bad-mouthing Ireland, but I'm pretty sure that we, at some, at some level, you rejected it, and then in 95 we said, okay, and then 96 you could finally get divorced, which was only four years after homosexuality was made legal so really yeah. i mean like it took us a while to get going but you know then we just like smashed through it all yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> um what did you have before divorce did you just have just stay together forever no matter what oh yeah absolutely yeah stay together forever could you uh, get an annulment um i don't know maybe if they were like secretly a protestant or something i don't know <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if Irish people I don't I don't know if annulments like the thing is the annulment would have been the same thing in a sense because it's like it was like the the bigger thing was the the sort of breaking of the marriage you know and whatever mm. way you do that whether it's through a technicality or whether it's through divorce I think it was kind of the same thing um always but it, bad it definitely I mean obviously you know Ireland <gasps> All right, Ireland's a very different country now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Father Ted was a documentary, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> People don't realise that. <laughs> People think it's a comedy, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, so this this episode would have been quite difficult for you to relate to as a child in a country where where divorce was fairly legal. Well, I guess it just seemed it, divorce seemed quite sexy. You know, and which it is, it's incredibly sexy. Uh, but, um, you know, I guess like it, it was something that was on, it was on American TV. That's why it was sexy. It wasn't yeah. on our TV. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even once it became legal, maybe a couple of the soaps had people divorcing because it was very topical. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really, whereas like, you know, Americans, all of the, all of the kids in the high school TV shows, they all had divorced parents. They were it was, constantly divorcing, yeah. Yeah, do you know? Um, and I, when Willow says her parents are still together, it sounds like that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, divorce and 90 TV shows, I guess. I didn't, I didn't realise I had so many, so, so much... See, this is Freudian. You like dug deep into my past there. <laughs> <laughs> so then there are lots of spiders. When did they get divorced? This guy actually, he loved spiders, we find he out. He loved spiders. 
Um, so we find out that he... So Willow's scared of spiders, right? Yeah, so, Will, so Willow is scared of spiders, but then they ask Wendell, that's the boy's name, <laughs> and he says, I love spiders. Sorry. <laughs> and he, he says, I love spiders, but they hate me, and then tells this really sad story about how he had a spider collection, but then his parents shift him, shipped him off to wilderness camp. Which wilderness camp wilderness camp and they shipped him off to wilderness camp like to me wilderness camp sounds like something you would do on a voluntary basis uh-huh. like, it doesn't really sound like something you'd get shipped off to do you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. no idea what wilderness camp is i can i can imagine what it is but like yeah it sounds like quite a fun thing but he didn't want to go his parents shipped him off and then his brother accidentally killed his spiders Mm. Which is a really sad story. It is. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that nightmare could have been more... I think like the spiders could have like sat on his book and been like, Wendell, we are just really disappointed in you. <laughs> Do you know, like that would have actually hit harder and like hit the themes that he's talking about. You know what I mean? Rather than him just them just running away. Exactly. Do you know, like, I think obviously that, like, is more scary to the viewer, but I feel like yeah. if it was actually Wendell's nightmare, the, the, the spiders were like, Wendell, we've been talking and we blame you. <laughs> it's all your fault. I know you've been telling everyone it's your brother, but ultimately you left your brother in charge, so it is your fault we're dead. You know, like, that would be, that would be actually really terrifying, you know? But then I really like how they play with our expectations as well in this <laughs> scene. Because we think that he's just scared of spiders, but there's so much more to it than that. There's yeah. depths. There is, there is. Um, Giles' is fear uh, is getting lost in the library. Mm. Uh, that surprised is... me a little bit. But it's, or is it's his a... fear not being able to read anymore? Well, that's later as well. But the first so thing is they're both his fears. Yeah, I think, I think they go into the library to like find him... Um, to tell him about the spiders mm. and then he like comes out of the stacks just like looking really bewildered and being like mm. oh I was in the back and I got lost um, which but yeah. did he get lost because he'd lost the ability to read no I think they were separate nightmares like I think a few okay. people a few people seem to have like multiple nightmares like okay, Buffy yeah. Bu- Buffy has at least three nightmares in this in this episode yeah true and I don't just have one thing that scares me so so Buffy's first nightmare is while she's talking to Wendell mm-hmm. and Cordelia turns up mm-hmm. and tells her about the test that they have that Buffy hasn't studied for aha so very politely warns Buffy about this history test and this is one of many moments um just Cordelia is kind of set up as being this kind of baddie character who like always says mean stuff but she genuinely is like solid girl a lot of the time mm-hmm. and uh she, she, she's quite friendly and polite for like much of you know she throws well, but, out these but, like witty one-liners but mostly she's very nice but in this episode, she isn't even Cordelia, though. Like, she is Cordelia, but she's she's Buffy's nightmare of Cordelia being, like, ah, you know okay. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that comes into it. Um, mm. How am I going to pass this test? Blind luck? 
Okay, so what happens next? Um, so the girl, her name is Emily, is it? Emily or Emma? Emma. Emma? Emily. I, I can't is remember. That... She's the one who goes for a smoke, right? Yeah, or is is Emily the name of the girl in the other episodes? Whatever this girl's name. Laura. Her name's Laura. Sorry, I wrote it Laura. down. There's what was the last like... episode? Um... Emily's the one who got put. She's the one that got stabbed by the puppet. Yeah, yes, sorry, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is Laura. So there's just so many like little small characters who are just in for one episode and have yeah. names like Laura and Emily. So Laura is having a smoke in the basement, mm-hmm. but then she gets attacked by a demon instead. Yes, and she gets attacked by the ugly man who we is. We zoom in on the smoking kills poster. Uh huh, uh huh. Which was a beautiful little touch. I it like was that. actually, yeah. Um, smoking at your school, uh, how did that happen? Um, behind the music block, usually. So, I don't actually know about smoking at my school. Is it just that I was, like, not cool enough to know about it? I, I presume it didn't happen. Our school was a new school and it was, like, very, very, like,. Di- not like discipline focused, but it was very into like people not breaking rules because, ah. you know, we compared ourselves to the other schools in the area where people, <clears throat> this, the students just smoked and didn't wear their ties. And, you know, um, so I feel like smoking at the school was very, very policed and like you weren't allowed to be in any part of the school that you couldn't be seen. Oh, wow. Like, you know, like you couldn't be around certain walls of the school because like that was like out of bounds if you were there you would be in trouble for just being there let alone having a cigarette because it would be like being there was proof that you were doing something wrong oh my goodness that's quite um that's quite creepy yeah i definitely oh yeah i definitely got caught smoking a couple times you smoked as a teenager sadie (gasps) because i was like well i was just one of these kids who like if like if my mum's listening then i didn't I was just like such a, I was just so eager to be loved. So like, (laughs) so like I was a really good kid because like I wanted all of the teachers to love me and my parents to love me. But like, I also smoked because I wanted the bad kids to love me too. (laughs) I just Uh. wanted everyone to love me. (laughs) I'm going to take a break. Okay, so so this this girl is uh, killed by the man with the veiny arm. Except he's not killed. She's not killed. Oh yeah, she's she's injured. She's because injured. she wakes up in hospital, and I found this scene of Laura in the hospital quite disconcerting because Laura is doing some very serious movie acting. Uh huh. <laughs> and I feel like everyone else in the episode is kind of playing it for laughs to some extent. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Laura, do you know what I mean? Like where where most of the other characters would sort of like it wouldn't be. I don't know. She she thinks she's in a movie. Like she doesn't think she's. Well, a she's just player. she's just been beaten up by a big veiny club. You know. Yeah. So like it's not a. Funny she's allowed. Scene, but she, she's allowed. She's, she's allowed a bit of gravitas. I think what <laughs> I mean is maybe she's too good an actor for this part. <laughs> I think oh. that's what I'm getting at. Like I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but I'll go back and I'll reassess her performance. <laughs> I just, like, it was like she was in a movie. Like, it was just very... It was not what I was expecting. 
and then they meet the doctor and and the doctor just starts telling them like all of her medical information <laughs> yeah so this is <laughs> and, and have they already said by this point did they say at some point that they don't know her very well i feel like they, the they said they, they don't know her very they, well they, they, they said they're not family yeah and this is her high school librarian <laughs> and a couple of kids from school and the doctor not only does the doctor take them away and start talking about her medical history but then the doctor's like do you want to go and see the other victim of this? <laughs> and then the doctor takes them to see somebody else but also has decided that these two people have been attacked by the same guy <laughs> yeah exactly like like that 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 is like quite a leap and i understand that they probably have similar injuries because you know billy is astral projecting the experience that he had and stuff but like this doctor is way ahead of like the sunnydale pd this doctor wants to be a cop like this doctor yeah. wanted to be a detective and has ended up a doctor and is really dissatisfied with his job <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. like he knows what he's doing with this and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna solve this crime right here <laughs> um Okay, so then we go back to school. And, and we the, have the weirdest scene. The, the bad boys in the, the leather. Punk, the punk. <laughs> this is such a strange scene. So it's like three bad boys in leather talking about fighting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and they're much more in the style of acting that I expect from bit players in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They're very big. They're like, I have this character... I'm going to take up all of the space with his characteristics. Exactly, they've taken yeah. it right off the right off the stage and uh, into into the corridors of Sunnydale High. In, into our hearts. And into our hearts. <laughs> and then his mum shows up and starts cuddling him. Uh huh. Uh huh. And that's it. That's the whole. They don't have anything to do with the rest of the plot in the film. <laughs> well, in I mean, the, in this episode. Uh, presumably, that's his nightmare. <laughs> oh. I didn't even get that. What? You just thought that was just yeah. like... <laughs> I just thought add... they'd inserted like a funny little scene. <laughs> to add like a bit of colour to, yeah. to the student population of Sunnydale. That's what I thought. Okay, it's still a weird scene, but it's not a weird, as weird as I thought. <laughs> to be fair to me, at this point, at this point, I don't think we know yet. Like, you know, because you've watched it before. Oh, true, true, true. But at this point, I don't think we know yet that everybody's having their nightmares enacted. Apart from that the episode's called Nightmare. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if we remember, like, in the ni- in 1997, we didn't have, like, an information button you could press ah, when you wanted to watch something. Uh-huh. Like, you didn't know something was called Nightmares. Mm. You just turned on the TV and it was just Buffy the Vampires mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. In my case. Uh, and it's not like they show the title at the beginning of the episode or anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, I guess that does prime you in a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's a lovely little scene. It's a lovely little scene. It is a lovely little scene. And by this <laughs> point, yeah, so f- kind of, I think from this point onwards is when I sort of twigged that we're seeing everybody's nightmares. When's that, so next Xander goes into the classroom and he's just wearing his pants. Xander which is, is like just pants. classic dream scene. But would you, okay, have you, do you have naked dreams? <clears throat> I actually never have, no. So I have had them. Mm-hmm. Um and I found out something really interesting about them and mm-hmm. it tracks with my experience. Mm-hmm. So um apparently like the vast majority <laughs> of people when you have a naked dream uh nobody actually remarks or notices you're naked. Okay. 
because it's like what it's actually picking out in your brain is your like your own self-consciousness it's not about how people see you it's about how you see yourself and whatever Ah. so like in the dream even though you might be like trying to cover up your nudity nobody ever remarks upon it Mm -hmm. and that has been the case when I've had naked dreams which I have had it's always been like more like me trying to hide it but like no one's ever been like oh look at Ash he's naked look at his giant penis you know (laughs) That's really interesting. Yeah. Why do you think I've never had a naked dream then? Um, uh, I don't know. Why do you think you've never had a naked dream? What does that say about my psyche? Is it just because I'm really comfortable in myself? Possibly. And I don't have any insecurities? Yeah, you are are famously secure. I'm pretty sure I do have some insecurities (laughs) though. (laughs) Maybe they just come out in my dreams in other ways. Yeah, it was really bad. It was a bad thing. So after the the punk scene, the naked scene... We see everybody's dreams coming true, kind of yeah, one by it, one. It's it, becoming it, apparent. It becomes, like, pretty pretty clear. And then we discover... Oh, we see Giles, Giles can't read. Giles can't read, so that's his other nightmare. Uh-huh. Um, Giles' nightmares are pretty mild. <laughs> But then, like, oh yeah, but then Buffy says like, what, you read, you, you read like three languages and Giles says five actually on a normal day. So uh, what five languages do you think that Giles uh, speaks? 100% Latin. Latin, English, obviously. Um, German. French. And then I think like Sumerian. Do you think? Yeah, like I think like ancient Sumerian. You know, I think I think that's kind of what he'd speak. So what were the five? So Latin... Latin, French, German, Sumerian, and English. Those are my guesses. You don't think one of them's ancient Greek? I would... I would drop out French for ancient Greek if that was the case. Do you think? I, I, I think he reads, like, ancient languages. You know? I think what we're discovering is that actually it's quite unbelievable that he only has five languages. Yeah, I think that is actually what we're hitting upon. Yeah, yeah, I think he probably would have more. Well, he says five on a normal day, so yeah. maybe on, you know, a normal day as he speaks more. I think he probably reads a wee bit of Pictish on the side. I don't know. He's very English. I don't think he would have, mm. I don't think he would have bothered with Pictish. Do you know? <laughs> nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm. Just out of, you know, uh, kind of cultural chauvinism. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's the classics, isn't it? The yeah, classics the classics. classics ancient Sumerian. Classics. Yeah, the classics in ancient Sumerian. That's it. Um, okay, so that's what we discover. You said we discover something. What did we discover? We discover that the boy who's making people's dreams come true is the co- the, in the coma at the hospital and he's astrally projecting. And that's the Nightmare Coma Boy. Nightmare... Billy. 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 Le Billy. Le Billy, the Nightmare Coma Boy. Um, and Buffy talks to him. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, wait I'm sorry. I, I brought up the script as a, as a memory aid. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> Giles says something about, uh, like, astro-projecting. You can do it, I don't know, when one sleeps. And Buffy goes, Billy's in a coma. That's like sleep, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
That's very sweet. It's quite the line. Um, and also we have this really heartbreaking scene where Buffy's dad shows up at the library and tells her that she was the cause of their divorce. Mm, yeah. So this is Buffy's other nightmare, and I found that scene genuinely very sad. It is quite sad. Sarah Michelle Geller gives us some tears, and mm. Hank, Hank, Hank Summers, Hank Summers, just uh, ugh, no. Yeah, it's a very yeah. sad scene. It is. It is a quite sad scene, and I guess you know that's that's the that's this is what divorce does to families, Sadie. Yeah. The billboards were right. Hello, divorce. Goodbye, daddy. Hello, divorce. Goodbye, daddy. Exactly. If Buffy had grown <laughs> up in Ireland, then she her wouldn't... parents just would have been unhappy together. I know. And we're fine. So, do you know, is she too good for our social system? And Joy, but like, but we want we want Joyce to have some freedom because Joyce is probably having some sexual adventures right now. No, Pro- probably not as many as she deserves. Probably not. Do you not think? No, I th- I think because well, we'll see when we get to series two. She dates somebody, and it kind of comes up that it's sort of a big thing that she's dating, and you know. Oh, uh, okay, I'd forgotten that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but I I, I, like... I I do I do want Joyce to be happy. No, I'm you know I'm. Yeah. I think there's room for some fan fiction that maybe we could write about. Some slash fiction, Joyce and Giles. About yeah, it's just about what's going on with Joyce behind the scenes. I don't know. I there was like a there was a Joyce. lot of chemistry between Joyce and Angel in that Angel episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could write um, a whole series of Joyce erotica, but I won't. And then Hank tells Buffy that she's sullen, and mm. I mean. There's a lot of things you could probably say about Buffy, like she's she, you know she climbs at her window all the time, and she's, I don't know, maybe probably not doing great at school and stuff. But it's like sullen, sullen isn't one of them. She's not sullen at all. No, no she's a she's a very bright, bright kind of sparky little girl. But he is the nightmare version of Hank, I suppose. At this yeah, time. yeah. He's not. He yeah. He's not her real <clears> dad <throat> saying what he really thinks about her. And then it's just sort of like. She comes back into the fold and and it's not really like talked about, I guess. Like it's not t- like she doesn't really talk about what just happened with her dad. She doesn't no. say like, oh, that was a nightmare that just happened to me. Like she just sort of just gets on with the show. She doesn't really seem to ever. Yeah, we don't even know if she realises. Presumably, like, even once they know what's going on, when they're actually in the nightmares, they don't necessarily realise that they're nightmares. Much like when you are having a dream and yeah. you're like, oh, I'm dreaming, but then you forget you're dreaming. and Yeah, you know. like, she definitely doesn't seem to realise that it's a nightmare at that point. So all I can say is that I really hope that she realises later after the fact that that was a nightmare. Well, the, the episode ends with her and her dad, like, catching up or whatever, so... And at that point, are we assuming that she she's, she she's, knows? She's clicked, yeah. She's clicked. I hope so. Oh, there's my little baby! Oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> Just the next thing that I want to talk about is Cordelia's hair nightmare. Yes. Which, I mean, there's not, I don't know if there's much to say about it, but just, you know, the fact that that was her nightmare, the fact that she's being dragged into the chess club. Oh, that was lovely. I mean, her hair definitely gets better. Like you think of the nightmare hair is better than a yeah, regular I love it. hair. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> but, it gets um, more voluminous. As we were saying though, like the last episode seems to set up some of their nightmares. Mm-hmm. And um 
Giles doing like the hair thing where he looks so oh it's your hair it's just you know uh kind of sets up for this for this particular nightmare I think quite well uh mm. shows shows it as one of her weak points mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah her getting so she gets dragged into what into a room by the chess club screaming I'm not even in the chess club yeah um, do you think she knows how to play chess. I don't know, I would really like to watch the scene that ensues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do they force her to play that game? <laughs> um, and then, what other nightmares do we have? So Cordelia has to play chess. Willow. Uh, oh, so um, Willow, who gets caught first? Uh, is it Xander starts... Looking... He gets attacked by a scary clown. <clears throat> yeah, he finds all of the chocolate bars. Mm. Uh, and also there's uh, swastikas in the background. I did notice that, yeah. And did he mention something about... Nazis instead of... Nazis. Nazis oh, instead of spiders. spiders aren't as scary as Nazis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite subtly done, that. And then uh, this, like, uh, I don't know, it's like redecorated part of, of Sunnydale High School. Um uh, where the the clowns are attacking him with this crazy laugh. And he mentioned being afraid of clowns in the last episode. Mm-hmm, hmm And then Willow's fear is the fear of uh, singing in public, which is so adorable. Uh-huh. It's... And she, but she's singing a duet with an opera man who I choose to, chose to believe was her hero, her um, musical hero. I don't, I don't, I didn't take Willow for an opera person. Neither um, did I, but I could, weir- I, weirdly I could accept it. The name of the guy she's singing with is Aldo Gianfranco. Um, <laughs> but I've decided that he's supposed to be Pavarotti. Uh-huh. And then yeah, Willow doesn't know the words and she can't sing. And... It's, it's very cute, that scene. Yeah, and her voice just cracks. And, and Have you ever had any dreams like that? Any nightmares like that? So I don't really remember my dreams, but I have started making a list. Should I read you some of my recent dreams? You have a list right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it on my oh. computer here. Oh my god, absolutely. Yes, please. Oh, you were in my the last one I wrote down. So I just I really don't remember my dreams, but if I wake up and write them down straight away, then I I have a record of them. So I okay. don't remember any of these happening, but they did because I wrote them down. <laughs> so the first one, I had to kill a man with an axe to protect John and Osh and my family. Oh, that's really nice. Do that you remember? Really nice. do you, you don't remember actually the killing part? I don't remember the killing part. I know I did wake up genuinely very upset. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like yeah, that would upset you. I think it, I, I think I can remember that like the dream was the the fear was like I knew I was gonna have to kill this person with an axe, and it was kind of leading up to it. Uh huh. Um. Oh. I was in the Hunger Games, but with social distancing measures in place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I I had a I had a social distance nightmare recently. Actually, it's awful how it's made its way into your subconscious at this point. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Totally. It's really seeped in there. Um. This one I remember as being genuinely a really traumatic nightmare. Um. I was at a talk by Robert Smith from The Cure and he was running a workshop about his time in ISIS and it was so horrible that I had to walk out. 
<laughs> it was a really upsetting dream. The world's finest soprano, Willow Rosenberg. Okay, okay, good, good dream sidebar, but we should we should get back to the episodes. <laughs> okay, where are we? Um. So. Oh, master, master. The master. What happens with the master again? Buffy meets the master. In the graveyard. So she does. Sorry. Yes. Yes. And then Giles's nightmare is Buffy being dead. Uh huh. So th- does the master? He buries Buffy alive. He does. Sorry, this had all got all muddled in my head. So the master buries Buffy alive, and then puts up a gravestone, and then giles finds the gravestone and his nightmare is buffy being dead and he does like a really genuinely heartbreaking speech what does he say he says um like that he's failed her and it was his fault that she was just so so promising and he just wanted to like push her but now she's dead and it's his fault and he blames himself um he says oh you were so gifted and the evil was so great that's the one um and this is very shortly after Willow has just got pelted with tomatoes. So this this scene really, you know, our emotions are kind of going everywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> but she's not actually dead. No, no, no. She comes out and she's a vampire she instead. Out, but she is a vampire. Yes. And then they go to wake up Billy. So this is kind of the plot is that they're like, okay, if we wake up Billy, uh-huh. he's in a coma. So I'm uh-huh. not sure... But yeah, for whatever reason, they figure they can wake him up and Mm -hmm. that'll make all the astral projections go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, if they had any knowledge of like medicine and what a coma is, you wouldn't just be like, let's go wake up the coma pit. Like, you know. I don't know. I mean, maybe this crazy doctor guy is going to help them. (laughs) (laughs) But he can't because of his hands. My hands. Oh, his hands. hands. Were his hands like fused together? I think they they weren't even fused together. He was just like holding them as if they were like 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 rigor mortis or something. But he's just in the halls going my hands, <laughs> but like super super overacting, like you know. And is that his nightmare? Because he needs them to like solve crimes. Exactly. Yeah, for <laughs> for surgical crimes. My hands. <laughs> but yeah, they go to wake up Billy, but. The ugly man is at the hospital and they have to fight him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, who is the baddie monster who's been around. So they beat up the monster, they kill him, and Billy wakes up. And then the real-life ugly man is Billy's coach at Little League. Yeah. He put him in a coma because he lost the game. Yeah. Fucking... Which is the real nightmare in this story. This is the nightmare. It's about child abuse. That's really grim. Yeah, it's like super, super grim. But, you know, at the end of the day, apparently he gets arrested or something. I know mm. everyone, everyone, everyone grabs him. Yeah, I think I, I assume he goes to prison or something. Yeah, hopefully. And then the real emotional centre of the story, which is, um, which started the whole thing, which was Buffy's da- her dad and her fears about her dad, her parents' divorce being her fault. And it's all very complicated for her. But she goes to spend the weekend <laughs> with her dad and he does show up. And also, she's not a vampire anymore. Yes, and there's some, like, jamming music that, like, plays us out of this high school 90s scene. And... 90s high school. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, so 
So this is one of those episodes. I mean, it is... I wouldn't say it's of the best of the season one episodes to me. It, it, but, you know, we, we learn a lot about the characters along the way, mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. their fears, about their emotions, mm -hmm. about their motivations, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we, we see them in a very vulnerable position, which I guess mm -hmm. is, is, is worth quite a lot. Um, and it has some lovely moments, both funny moments, but also like genuinely emotional moments like um, Buffy and her dad, when her dad tells her the divorce is all yeah. her fault and... Um, Willow. Giles. Yeah, we see them all at their most vulnerable and yeah, that like, brings us closer like, to them. It, it humanizes them. It like it, it mm -hmm. does it like I think like the situations that it makes uh bring us closer to the characters. Yeah. However, the like the general plot and the general arc is like quite a quite a patchy one. You know? Yeah, the supernatural element of it maybe doesn't work as well as some of the other episodes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's better in parts than in its whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got memorable bits.